Prayer should not be thought of as magic, because it's not. Prayer should not be considered a contest. You're not in contest with God or each other. You ever been in a prayer meeting where there's competition? <laughs> That's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> the prayer should not be considered a meaningless ritual, something that you just do out of duty or obligation. Prayer's none of that. Prayer in its purest form is simply a conversation with God. So let's not make it more complicated than it is, because it's really not more complicated than that. It's a conversation with God. He's a living being. We know him as creator, but he's wanting to talk to you. He's wanting you to talk to him. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. So prayer in its purest form is simply a conversation with God. But right now, let's not roll over that too quickly. Look at that a minute, just for a second here. Think about who you are communicating with when you talk about prayer and talking with God. Think about who that is that you're talking to. An unseen deity who has no beginning. The creator of all that is. And that God wants to talk to you. And he wants to listen to you talk to him. Isn't that beautiful? So how is that supposed to happen? Well, I want to welcome you today. It's, it's a great day, isn't it? It's a great day just to be alive and to come together and have the privilege to come together with a bunch of people like yourselves and, and just worship God. I don't know about you, but I really needed that this morning. Let's pray. Father, just thank you. Just Father, I just want to say thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your help, your care for us. I ask that you open up our ears to hear the things that we're, your spirit is speaking to our, our hearts and our minds, especially... Pray for the 20-somethings. I just pray that you would speak your call into their lives this morning. Call to walk in greater fullness, greater power, greater influence to touch people's lives. Just pray that you would encourage them no matter where they are, what's going on in their lives. I know when you're in your 20s, sometimes it can be a little bit confusing. You don't know just exactly what life's direction is, where you're taking them. So just pray that you bring clarity to each of them. In Jesus' name. Well, today we're going to see what the writers of the Bible had to say about connecting and communicating with God in prayer. Is there a lot of echo in this? I can't really tell. Is it doing okay? Good deal. Um, and then we'll see if we can find one or two ideas that would help us to apply it into our lives. You know, it's, it's, 
it's, you got to have head knowledge. You got to get that first, but it can never stay there or else it just it goes powerless in your life. So as soon as you hear a truth, you ought to be thinking, I try to train myself in this. Whenever I hear somebody that's bringing God's truth, I try to think, how can I put that in my life today? Today, not tomorrow, today. How can I do it today? I've got to figure out how to get that in a habit in my life. Um, so we're going to talk about, about several truths that the writers of Scripture found out and experienced, and then we'll talk about a few ways that, and when we get to this, to the application, you think about how God can, can put it in your life. I'm just going to make some suggestions, and that's all they are. They're just me. That's what I've thought. Some of them are suggestions that have worked in my life and, and, and have worked in other people's lives, but you have to think about how can I get this in my life, in your life, all right? So the four important things that you need to know about what God wants when you connect with Him in prayer. Number one, God wants you to talk to Him about anything. God wants you to talk to Him about anything. Listen to this passage from Psalm 103. The Lord is like a father. I love that. Now those of you that have good dads, you know you could talk to Him about anything. Some of the things that my girls and my son told me kind of split my hair, what left, hair I had left. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> but you just try not to show it. You can talk to your father, good fathers about anything. And your heavenly father is a good father. He, you can talk to him about anything. The Lord is a, like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who reverence him. I love that. That's just a truth that I don't want to ever stray far from. That I have a good father, that, and he's approachable. And I like this passage that John wrote in 1 John chapter 5. I think I have this one for you. Yeah. We can be confident in approaching God. Sorry for all the yellow, but there was so much in this verse. <laughs> We can be confident in approaching God knowing that He listens, knowing that He listens. So you can go to God and you know that He's listening to you. That's a truth that fortifies your prayer. You're not just speaking up into the air and your, air, and your prayers aren't just going up to the sound of your voice and, and then falling back to earth. They're actually being listened to by that deity that we talked about before, your heavenly Father, who's the creator of all things, knows all things, is all-powerful. He's listening. Isn't that good? Try over here. Isn't that good? <laughs> we can be confident. So God wants us to have confidence in approaching Him. Don't... One of the things that we do, if, especially if we've had a, a, a colorful past, <laughs> and some of us have had a colorful past, and so we're kind of condemned about some of those things sometimes. And, and so when we think about God, we think about how holy He is, and, and so we lack confidence in approaching Him because we're thinking about us. We're thinking about our deeds or misdeeds. We're thinking about our mistakes. And we're, we've got that in our mind. And it's hard to approach God when you have those kinds of things in our mind. So what, he, what John's writing and what he's encouraging us to do is just don't approach God on the basis of you, your past, or anything like that. Approach God with confidence. 
then what is our confidence supposed to be in that he's listening to us, that he loves us, that he's our father? It doesn't really get any more complicated than that, but it's hard to do sometimes. And especially even if you walk with God, there's, there's some things that you and I do, even if you've walked with him for a little while, you do. And you know that you shouldn't be doing those things, right? You don't have to raise your hand, you know. And then you get condemned. You say, you know, I know better, and I did that. I yelled at her, and I shouldn't have raised my voice. Don't look at me. We all do. I don't know what your mistake might have been this week, but we all make mistakes, right? And so it's easy to let that block us from going to God and approaching Him because we're, we're subconsciously we're condemned. And I'd like you to just w allow the Holy Spirit to wipe that condemnation out of your mind and your, your consciousness now and just and be free to go to God. If you've lost your patience this week, if you've, if you've struggled in some kinds of things and deeds and words and actions, things that you might have looked at or something like that, and you just know it wasn't right, God wants to clean that all up and just, it, it, you're not supposed to take care of it yourself. You're supposed to just give it to Him. And let him clean your conscience and so that you can approach God with confidence. In fact, let's just do that. God, we come to you with confidence right now that you're forgiving us for our mistakes. You're forgiving us for impatience or whatever it is. You know we're human. But you also know that greater is the one inside of us. Like someone said earlier, we're overcomers through Christ. And we come to you in the name of Jesus with confidence. Thank you, Father, for your love and your care for us. And so John writes, we can be confident in approaching God knowing that he listens to us. Oh, that gives life to us, doesn't it? Knowing that he listens to us whenever we ask him for anything according to his will. And since we know that he hears us when we make our requests, so that's something that we can know, then we can be sure that he will answer us. We can be sure. He says a lot in that. We know that he listens to us. We know that he hears us. We can be sure. Well, there's a lot of confidence. That's faith. A lot of confidence in this unseen God that we cannot see. We can have confidence that he's listening, that he's not only listening, but he's hearing us. You know, it's one thing to listen. It's another thing to hear. My wife tells me that all the time. <laughs> You're listening, but I'm not sure you're hearing me. I'm hearing now. We can be sure that he will answer us. We can be sure. So what are you praying about? What are you approaching God with? What are you struggling with? God wants you to talk to him about those things and have confidence that he's listening. So prayer is more of a conversation than it is a ceremony. Prayer is more of a relationship than a ritual. Bless you. <laughs> Prayer is more of the ways of God than the rules of God. I like that. In the Old Testament it says that God revealed his ways to Moses. His ways. So he revealed more to Moses because Moses was a man of prayer. He wanted to communicate with God. He wanted to listen to God's communications. And the more that you get comfortable with that confidence that God gives you to approach him, the more you'll understand what God is like, what his heart is like. 
and that begins to grow in you. It's really beautiful. It's really amazing that we can get to know our Creator. He chose life to be that way for us, that we can get to know Him. He couldn't. He didn't have to do that. He could have created us and just, like the deists believe that, that God just wound up the universe and put us there and and there was no more interaction. He could, have, he could have done it that way, but he chose to do it all this way so that he could get to know you and that you could get to know him. He wants to be known. He wants to be known. Prayer is more about the heart of God than the restrictions of God. Are there restrictions? Yeah, he tells us, don't do that. <laughs> You know, there's 10 of them. There's, there's more than 10. If you go in the Old Testament, there's 600, but there's 600 plus no's. There are restrictions, but those restrictions are for our protection. You look at those, especially those top 10. If you do those things, you're going to find that your life is deteriorating. But thank God that Jesus said there's, there's two that are more important than all those, and it all can be summed up in this. If you will love God and you will love other people, you'll fulfill all those 10, you'll fulfill all those 600 plus, and your life won't be deteriorating, it'll be increasing. And God is an ever-increasing God. He increases our lives. He blesses our lives. He, he multiplies our lives. So... Prayer is more about the heart of God, learning about what this God is really like, what this Father is really like. Prayer is more about the plan of God than the demands of God. I don't know if you're like me, but there's been many times that I've gone my own way. And every time I've done that, I've, re I've, re I've, I've regretted that. I look back with hindsight, it's like, why didn't I just follow the inward voice? Why didn't I just do what I knew to do? And I found that for some reason I got selfish or I was tempted or there were other reasons that I just went my own way. I knew what God was saying, I just went my own way. I'm glad I'm the only one here today that's ever done that. <laughs> but when I have listened and done what God was leading me to do and tried to follow that with the best, you know, it's not rocket science, it's, it's just listening to God, but you know in your conscience, in your heart, you know, I think I should go this way, and it, usually when God leads that way, it doesn't look like the right way to go sometimes. And it takes faith to follow. But when I've done that, I've been so happy because God knew what he was doing. I want to just say to you, encourage you this morning that God has a plan for your life. I know you might have heard those words a lot. God has a plan for your life, and it's a good plan. It's a very good plan. It's the best plan. And if we can learn how to listen to that plan and just walk out, he doesn't, I'm glad he doesn't do this. He doesn't overwhelm us. This is my plan. Now do it all. He doesn't do that. He gives us, he says he, he'll shine a light on your path. So he gives you the next step, one step at a, at a time. 
And those steps, I, I just want to warn you, those steps don't look like they really make sense to you in your mind. But in your heart, remember, this is a heart thing. This is a relationship thing. You're, you're in relationship with the Father in heaven, and He's going to show you one thing. But He wants you walking by faith. So if you'll take that first step, then He'll give you another one. And that's what this journey is all about. It's a beautiful walk. It's a beautiful journey. And the more that I walk with this, the more I walk with Him, and I'm sure a lot of you are this way, the more that you've walked with Him, you found, we, I think we sang it this morning, didn't we? That God never fails us. God never fails us. He never fails us. That really baffles my mind sometimes because I look back. I cannot think of one time in 30 plus years walking with Christ that he's ever failed me. He has never failed me. I thought he was at a certain junctures of my life. I thought he was gone. I thought he didn't care. But that was my mind. That was my experience. Now after 30 some plus years of walking with God, I bring a lot more experience to prayer. It's like, God, I know. You know, you, you kind of like that. You, it's like, I know. You know, I got new challenges today. But I know that he won't fail me. I absolutely know that he won't, but I still have to believe. I still have to walk by faith, just like everybody else. What a privilege. What an honor that God would trust such a thing as faith to us, humans, right? So that the power of God could rest on our weaknesses. Jeremiah, the prophet, said, I have good plan. This is... Him speaking the words of the Lord, he says, I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. That's the Father speaking to you today. I have good plans for you, not to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. And then you will call my name, and you will come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Isn't that beautiful? That is just so powerful. So the more that we connect with God, in prayer privately and with others, the more we experience the Lord just as He wants to be known. A father, a best friend, full of power, full of love. This is how God wants to be known, full of wisdom. All that He desires to give us so that our joy is full in knowing Him. So how do I apply this? To know how I might connect better with the Lord, I have to be aware of what I'm currently connecting with and communicating with. What do you tend to do more often? Talk to God or communicate on social media? All right. I, you're probably getting this idea that I hate social media. No, no I don't have a opinion on that. I'm on it. But one thing, just here again, this is a suggestion. If you've downloaded some Bible apps or something like that, you can put that app right next to your social media apps. And then so you're thinking, maybe I'll check in with God first before I post this that I'm mad about somebody. <laughs> okay, I know you don't do that. <laughs> just an idea. Number two, God wants to listen to prayers that are 
caring, humble, and sincere. Now, that's a mouthful. Let's see if I can break it down real quickly. God wants to listen to prayers that are caring, humble, and sincere. So from us, he wants uh, our prayers, our communications with him to be caring for other people. I think of a couple of disciples. Lord, do you just want us to call down fire from heaven and consume them? <laughs> Probably not a lot of love in that. So God wants us to pray prayers or communicate with him with, with love and humility and sincerity. I want to ask you a question. Does God listen to the prayers of a person who is far from him, that's not walking with him? Obviously so, because none of us would be here otherwise. Certainly he does. But those prayers still need to be loving, humble, and sincere. I want to talk to you just a minute for about a passage, uh, the teacher taught the parable in Luke chapter 18. You can just jot that down. I don't have it for the screen, but Luke 18, you can just listen or follow along in your phones or your Bible. So Jesus begins to explain this parable, and he says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. And if you know a little bit about some of the Bible history, the tax collector was the one who was Oh, he was despised. Some things haven't changed. <laughs> and the other person was the Pharisee. That was the religious person that um, everybody knew that they were the gurus when it came to faith and scripture. And that's not a bad thing, but they took it a little bit too far. The Pharisees, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Now, we, we've kind of poo-pooed on this Pharisee a lot over the years. I, I would suggest to you that he's being sincere. I would suggest to you that he's probably meaning what he's praying here. It's his mindset. He didn't really know anything different. And so he begins to pray this. He says, I'm so glad I'm not like them. <laughs> he's being sincere, though. He says, Pharisees stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Swindlers, I'm glad I'm not a swindler. Evildoer, I'm glad I'm not an evildoer. Adulterers, I'm glad I'm not an adulterer. Or even like this tax collector. So these two guys come into the temple together, and he's right there with the tax collector. He says, I'm glad I'm not a swindler. I'm glad I'm not a cheater. I'm glad I'm not like him. And he's being sincere. That would be like, let's pick a couple guys. I'll pick Philip with one L. He got all over me and said, I spell my name with one L. Got it. So now every time I see him, hey, Philip with one L. And how about Daryl? Can I pick on you, Daryl? So Daryl, he didn't give me a nod, but I'll pick. So Philip and, and Daryl come in for... Let's say they just come in to worship on a weekend like today. They come in, they, they enjoy the welcoming atmosphere, the environment. They, they get to chewing on some Panera and, and they're just having a good time. And they come in, they start singing some songs with the team and 
and they're thinking about, you know, the Holy Spirit's kind of moving on them, and, and they're starting to think about some mistakes they made during the week, so they're dropping it off to God and letting them, getting some forgiveness from God, and, and it's helping them. And, and then, uh, now Philip would never do this, because the, both these guys are golden. I wouldn't know what we would do without them. They're so helpful around here doing all kinds of stuff. But let's say that Philip all of a sudden starts praying like this. God, I'm so glad I'm not like an S&T professor running around with other women. God, I'm so glad I'm not like one of the lawyers at Phelps County Courthouse cheating people. And God, I'm so glad I'm not like Daryl. It works for the city. It makes more money than I work harder than him. And you know what? This is exactly what's going on here. In Now, Philip would never do that. Like I said, these guys are golden. But this Pharisee is so sincere in what he's saying. He does, he's so blinded, he can't see it. And you know what? Sometimes... We get that way too. I have to admit, I sometimes don't see things as God does. And neither do you. None of us do. We need the Holy Spirit's help to see each other. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm amazed at, at the sincerity that this Pharisee had but you can be sincere, listen carefully, you can be sincere and heartless. This Pharisee was sincere, but he was heartless. He wasn't caring. So here's one of the, the things that we need to approach God with is care, love. He loves you so much. He wants to hear love come out of your heart because he's poured love in. And so he wants you to vocalize things, request for other people out of love. Even if you're fighting with them, even if you have a disagreement with them, just start praying for them. Jesus said, do that. Pray for those that are persecuting you and Pray for those that are despitefully using you. Pray for them. I poured, what he's saying, I poured the love of God in your heart. Romans chapter 5 says he poured his love in our heart. And we need to pour that love back to God for them. And then you live differently. You live above everything that you are experiencing with strife and division. You live above it all because you're living in the love of God. And there's nothing as powerful as the love of God. Nothing, no evil can stand in the presence of the love of God. So watch this tax collector respond. The tax collector stood at a distance. He just got prayed for, kind of, right, by this Pharisee. He probably could hear that. But the tax collector stood at a distance, and look how he reacts unwilling even to lift up his eyes to heaven. Instead, he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. 
And Jesus said, I tell you, this man, rather than the Pharisee, went home justified. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So one knows that he's good at some things, and he is. That Pharisee's good at what he does. But everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. The other is more in touch with his need for God's mercy. So my question is for us, and you have to answer that between you and God, which are you more like? Are you more in touch with the things that you're good at, or are you more in touch with your need for God's mercy? There is one thing that will destroy any one of our prayers. Whether you're just starting this journey with God and you're exploring things for the first time or if you've been serving Him for years, there's one thing that will render your prayer ineffective faster than, than a power surge wipes out a TV. And it's this, pride. Pride. The Pharisee's prayer was ineffective because of his pride. Not because he wasn't sincere, but because of his pride. So every time I approach God, I have to break myself down and say, I'm nothing compared to you, God. The things that I can do well, I just put in your hands because I wouldn't be able to do them well if it weren't for you. All the blessings in my life, I wouldn't have them except if it weren't for you. So I break all that down. I said, I am nothing. I'm naked before you. I am here open before you. Speak to me. Show me, as David says, show me if I have any unclean part in my life. Take some courage to do that often. This is why Solomon, after he built a temple in the Old Testament, Remember David, if you don't know the stories, I'll try to catch you up a little bit, but David wanted to build a big temple to honor God. And God said, no, you're a man of war. Your son will build it. And so his son Solomon took all the finances and built a great, great temple. Um, when it got done, then they had a service in the temple, and it says that the glory of God came in as a cloud. It, it came in so thick that the priests weren't able to enter. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Come to church. I can't get inside. I can't get inside. There's too much glory. There's too much God in there. That sounds bad. There's so much God in there that we can't get in, you know. Um, but later that night, after that great service was over, Solomon was alone and about ready to retire. And then the Lord appeared to him and he began to speak to him. And he said, if my people would humble themselves and pray, then I would heal. And I will heal. There seems to be a connection of ineffective prayers with pride. There seems to be a strong connection with humility and answered prayer. Okay, so i just put that before you. And here's another thing that Jesus said. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray 
standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And I tell you the truth, they receive their reward in full. Now, what is the reward that we're seeking in prayer? Answered prayer, right? <laughs> we want to have results. If I'm not having answers in my prayers, then I want to know why. I know it's not God, because God's perfect, and He's great, and He answers prayer. So it's got to be me. I need to correct. I need to shift if, if I'm not getting the answers that I'm looking for. And, of course, sometimes we have to let God be sovereign. He can do what He wants and answer prayers the way that He wants. But it's got to be pretty close, you know. It's going to be pretty close to what you're praying, because you're praying God's will, and He answers according to His will. So if I find God's will, then I can pray it and expect some answers. If I don't get the answers, then i got to correct somewhere. So Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Know what God wants to do and pray that. Ask him with a few words as, as you need to and, and, uh, and then enjoy the answers to that. But if your objective is to have the attention of people on you when you pray, then you've missed it all. You got your reward in full, he said. Our objective is not to get the attention of people. It's to have the audience of one. God, who answers prayer. Instead, when you pray, Jesus says, go into your room, close the door. He's talking about private prayer. It's not that we exclude praying together. That's what we're doing for three weeks here. Early in the morning, and then special services. But that's for... Those of you that God's tapping you on the shoulder, hey, I need you to go and join them in prayer because there's power when we pray together. We're not doing it for people to see us. We're, we're doing it because God answers prayer. And so far in the first two weeks, we've had nine people join us, and I'm so glad that God tapped some people on the shoulder to come. If you can just come one, one time during, during the next week, we'll do it one more week in extension of this prayer time. Then just come and join us for, for one six o'clock session. Uh, and then if you don't get it on this week, I hope you do, but uh, every Saturday morning at nine o'clock, when we start doing this, things start changing in our lives. It's been about five years now that we've done three-week prayer, extensive prayer for three weeks in the fall and January, the first three weeks of January, and everything started changing. Everything started changing. My heart started changing. Everything started changing. The church started changing. People's lives started changing. And I, I don't take one ounce of credit for that because I didn't know what to do we were just hanging by a thread in many ways. And I knew I was at the end of my rope as far as what, how much spiritual energy I had. I mean, you try to do this for 30 years. You just try. <laughs> there's good times, but there's times, you know, just you feel depleted. We started to pray. Everything started changing. You know, I'm in a much better place spiritually now than I was even, even a year ago, but especially five years ago. And you can be too. In our church, I, I believe God's challenging us yes. on a whole other level to pray more privately, to connect with God that way, and to pray more collectively as a body. Because when we come together in agreement, if, if two or more agree together, God's there. 
and he will do those things that we ask him to. I'm convinced of this. If we don't ask him, there's some things that he just won't do. He's waiting for us to ask. So I'm just going to take his word for it and ask. <laughs> and get out there on a limb. God, can you do this for us? I'm not praying selfish. It's like Phil's working on the sign. Jimmy's working on the sign out there. God, can you put up a nice sign for us? Can, can, you, can you do something up there that's not gaudy, but, you know, just something that's going to be a blessing to people that catch people's eyes and capitalize on our frontage so that people can come and receive the life of God. That's not selfish. That's just something that we want. And, you know, God's putting that together. Well, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask. There's, there's hundreds of things I'm asking. I don't think you can exhaust God. So here's one way to, to apply this is today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Because it's fresh on your mind today. Before you go to sleep tonight, make a list of things you want to ask God about. Very simple. But don't let it get away. Put, make a list in your phone. Put it on a journal or whatever, however you do. But make a list and then take one of those each day this next week and ask God. Find some scriptures on it if you can. If you know the scripture enough to find something, you can Google a lot of things now these days and you can find scriptures on that particular topic. If it's a relationship issue, if it's a financial issue, remember what we started with, God wants you to talk to him about everything. Everything. You doing okay? Okay. Let's go a little bit further and I'll let you go. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews, we don't really know who it was. It sounds a lot like Paul. I tend to believe it's Paul. He says, Let us come near to God with a sincere heart and a sure faith. A sure faith. So sincerity is important. Faith is important to approach God with. Number three. Once we humble ourselves and decide to trust God, know for sure that, number three, God wants to show His grace by answering our prayers. I know this is not new. Sometimes people just want to hear new stuff. I love this stuff. I love these concepts, these truths, because they're life-changing. God wants to show His grace by answering our prayers. Call to me and I will answer you. I, I love this passage. I think I have this one, don't I? This is Jeremiah 33. There it is. Oh, let's read this together. Wake some of you guys up. Let's read this together. Call to me and I will answer you. I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. Isn't that good? <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm just going to read it to you one more time. Call to me and I will answer you. That's God speaking to us. If you'll call to me, if you'll talk to him about some things that's on your list, then I will show you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of things in my life I wasn't able to figure out. Lots of things. I, I could list a, a lot of those things. How to find the right woman. 
that was a hard one for me. I found women, but I didn't find the right one until my wife came along. So I prayed about it, and God blessed me. How to raise kids that love God. You know, that aren't whacked out, you know. And I had a, a particular challenge being a pastor. Man, have you ever seen pastor's kids? Sorry, Tori. <laughs> they can get whacked out pretty. And I just wanted them to be living a normal life, you know. And they got me the same here that I'm, I'm pretty much the same. I say praise the Lord a little bit more here than I do at home probably. But So I had to pray about that. When I've had sickness in my body, I've had to pray about that. I've seen God come through over and over and over and over again. And God's wanting to come through for you right now, too. Look at your past and think about, wow, God was with me. (laughs) God helped me. God answered my prayers. God's so good. He's a Father that loves you completely. And he wants to show you your, his grace. How do you live with divine purpose in your life and not just go with the world or go with the flow, go with what's easy? How do you go against the, the current and, and just ask and, 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 and let God use you in miraculous ways? I didn't know how to do that. How do you present Jesus to people without pushing them away? I didn't know how to do that. I prayed about all these things. And I'm still learning a lot of it. Aren't you excited about learning and growing? It just never goes away, and that's the journey that we're on. You know, how, how do you handle money? I had to pray about that. You know how God answered that prayer? It was interesting. You know, I raised my kids and gave them as much wisdom as I could, and and sometimes when they didn't want it. With Natalie, our oldest, you, you heard her last week with her husband, Joppa, and their missionaries to Thailand. But she was a stinker. I told her that she was a stinker in public, and she was a stinker. And she would push back like nobody's business. And when she's around 15, I remember she was just having all kinds of conflict. And I said, honey, don't you, don't you just want to live for God and get his wisdom for life. And she just looked at me and said, no, Dad, I don't, and walked out of the room. I was like, well, what do you do with that? But look what God did. changed her heart. You know, you just got to keep loving. But when she changed and when she started walking with God, man, everything started changing. She got so hungry. I've never seen somebody so hungry to know the things of God. And she just poured into it, and she's still pouring into it. And she's worked through all kinds of, of difficulties that not very many people know about. But I'm telling you, she's a champion. And one of the things she started doing was digging in about finances, and she got hooked up into Dave Ramsey. And uh, I didn't know about Dave Ramsey that much. I just kind of heard about him a little bit, and I started listening to overhearing her listen to it. I had been praying for more wisdom on how to handle money and uh, started listening to him through her. And then I recognized his voice on the radio, and I've been listening to him ever since. 
you know, gone through financial peace a couple of times. We brought it to the church, and we're going to start that here in a couple of weeks. So if you want to be a part of that, you can sign in, opt in. Don't let any excuse, time, money, or anything like that keep you away from it. It's going to be a blessing in your life. It will bring God's wisdom. I'm so thankful. God answers prayers. Yes. God answers prayers. And that was one of the things I had to pray about. Um, so what are you praying about? God's so good. He'll answer all of our prayers. There's things I, I still haven't figured out right now that I'm going through. But you know I'm praying about them. Connecting with God, communicating with Him. I believe His answers are on the way. David Dykes shares this story. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're hijacking the service again? <laughs> i got to tell you about this guy, man. He... He's, a, he's one of those amazing miracles that turned around his past. You Man, you had a horrid past, too. I think I was led by the best. <laughs> we ran together, so it was uh, pretty easy to be like that. Hey, don't talk about that. So uh, I, I don't mean to hijack it, I promise you. I, I've been trying to sit down over there for and not get up here. and So... Uh, first thing I want to say is um, how many of y'all really appreciate the love and the guidance, the direction? This dude, as he told you, uh, 30 years that he's been battling for us, for him and his family. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something crazy, so hang on. Raise your hand if you got a phone with you today. In here with you today. Get them out right now, okay? And you'll understand. So I'm, I'm going to bring something to your attention. I don't have permission from Dave, but that's all right. He's done things to me without my permission. And... Uh, so I want you to know something because it's very uh, important. We're talking about prayer and uh, the importance of it. And he's spoken about get into your closet and go pray. And he's spoken about together as a body and we pray. And so I'm not normally uh, one to get into the corporate prayer. I'm one to go in the closet and and pray and and this guy right here, he prays for so many people. I know he's prayed for me a lot and my family. And he, you know, it's kind of like when you're a doctor, who do you go to to get to feeling better? Well, he's our doctor here of prayer. And, and so sometimes there's times where he needs prayer. And... I know from experience, he doesn't share that a lot, that he needs your prayer. And it's not because he's prideful. He's got that relationship with God. But I want to share something because I want all of us to be praying for him. And he's recently, very recently, just had some frustrating things happen to his hearing. And uh, 
we talked about it just briefly, and, and I knew that it's shaken him. And uh, so I want us to be praying for this guy that God will take his hearing and open it, make it stronger than ever before. So the reason you've got your phone out, I'm going to tell you something. He, he, he just taught us, just gave us some truth here about how you take the scripture and you speak the scripture. You can speak it to God and say, this is what you say about this situation. All right? So if you know something that will speak to him and give him encouragement that God has said this, then you're going to say it right now. And we're going to be, we're going to do just briefly, orderly, maybe five or six of them. And you can raise your hand and you've got a scripture that you want to say to him that God says this, Dave, then you can say it right here. Don't be bashful. Don't let the devil grab you and, and bind you up and make you think you can't speak out loud in front of people. I'm not about being awkward. I hate the awkward, especially in church. It frustrates me. But this is a man's life, a man that you guys love. I know you do. And we want God to make a difference in his life. So we're going to go and text it to him, too. After you speak it, text it to him so he can stand on it and be strong in it. So I'm going to start off. Probably my, my favorite scripture, just because it addresses anxiety over situations, it shows us the strength of God and his peace. I will rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. I rejoice. Let my gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. And Dave, you don't have to be anxious about anything, but in all things, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we present our requests to God and his peace which transcends all understanding guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus somebody else has got one I know you've got one we're only going to do a few somebody get your hand up and you let me know you've got one yes go right ahead Somebody else got one. Raise your hand. I know you've got one. Okay, uh, Shal and Shelby, you, you were first. Text it to you. Yes, Carolyn. Absolutely. I need to see another hand. Come on, we're almost. Done. Yes, sir. That's right. It'll be yours, Dave. One more, right there. Yeah. This is Isaiah 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Yes, you are healed, Dave. So here I want to say something about when we go to pray regarding tough things for us. So, you know, I'm sure you've been there where you feel like, okay, I know God can do all things, but man, this is my situation. I just, God, I want to have faith. I just don't, I just can't see it. I just, God, I, I have faith. I trust you. I just, man, this is really bad. This is really messed up, and I know you can do it, but I just can't tell you I've got the faith to ask this of you. I don't want to stand before you, God, and seem like a hypocrite to ask this of you. But here's the most awesome thing, is that we don't have to count on our faith. We can count on the faith of Jesus. Jesus had the faith beyond anything that we can imagine possible. And all we have to do is lean into his faith and trust on his faith that Jesus has God faith. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I battled coming up here because I know three weeks in a row, sorry about that, but um, sitting over there and I'm like, God, I'm just, I want to leave him alone, let him do his thing. And he's a private person and might not want to hear about that. And I'm just like, okay, if you really want me up there, you're going to have to show me because I'm not going. This deal about get your phones out and Google something earlier, I thought about that. Like when he first started talking, that came to my mind. And then <laughs> just shortly, a little bit ago, then Dave's saying about Googling things, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that as that I'm supposed to get up there. Man. I'm just going to say, if you guys love Dave and you will pray for him, give him a little clap hand. Well, I don't know how to follow all that. I had a couple more points. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, for those of you, what's going on? Well, went to Florida on vacation and picked up a virus in my ear. And so I'm hearing 44% out of this one. Um, the other one dropped off a little bit too. And so I'm on steroids. So if anybody wants to lift weights this afternoon, <laughs> I was up till 3 o'clock, just buzzed out from the roids. It's like, man, why didn't I do this when I was playing? Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, boy, that's powerful stuff. I wouldn't advise it. Um, anyhow, I'm believing. I, I pre, my, my phone is blowing up. So thank you if you think of others. That's what I'm in the process of doing right now. So, Mark, you're right on, on the spot there. Um, a lot of times when we ask for things, we don't build our faith first. You know, and faith comes from the Word of God. So you, oh boy, everybody's like, Fonzie, I'm not going to preach another message. So. But you, if you take the time to build it in your heart first before you pray, then 
you'll see a lot more results. We never got to that. In fact, that wasn't even in my notes, but that is something that I buy, try to live by is that, you know, instead of praying quickly about some things, just start finding scriptures that cover it. And the more that you read them, it's like, and put your name in it. Who was it? Shalom, put my name in there. I appreciate that because that kind of builds faith. And then as that faith rises, then you're ready to pray in agreement. And then when you agree, you don't ever go back. You know, it's mine. I received it. I don't have to see it. I don't have to experience it. It's mine. I just believe it. And so then after that kind of prayer, you can go and say, well, how are you doing? Well, I believe. I'm doing better. I believe. That's what I received. And then one day you'll have it, you know. So we received healing a lot that way. So let's go ahead and stand. God's so good, isn't he? So I appreciate your patience as I work through this. Uh, Lana was <laughs> telling me something out here, and I, I'm not used to not being able to hear, and I just kind of nod my head and smile. And, and then we went down for prayer um, with everybody downstairs and I said, what did you say? Because I didn't hear a thing that you said out there. <laughs> when I'm in a room with other people, I just I can't you bring it in very well. So oh, we're all failed in some way, right? But God's better than all our failures and all our systems that are so human. And I'm just reminded again about how good God is. Father, thank you for each person here. Uh, thank you, Father, for all of these struggles that we're all facing. Uh, thank you, God, for them. Rejoice in them, God, because in these struggles is where we see your power. In, your, in our weaknesses is where we see you come through. So thank you. And I even thank you for being a living testimony of your grace uh, as that healing comes into my ears in Jesus' name. And I thank you for each person here that they'll be conduits of your healing power to others today, this week. God, help us pray. We're praying like the disciples. Help us to pray this week. Let this week be monumental in our prayer life. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you for being here.